Hey sleuths, welcome back to Cold Case Study. I'm your host Morgan, but before we get into it, I just want to say thank you so much for all of your love and support. I appreciate every like, every comment, and every DM that I get, so thank you, thank you, thank you. If you don't already, please follow me at Cold Case Study on Instagram to stay up to date on all of the latest case information and my missing kids segment. Today's case is about 14-year-old Carolyn Wazaliski. She was a drape, a member of a teenage gang known to commit petty crimes like shoplifting or hot-wiring cars for a joyride. Honestly, if I was alive in 1954, probably would have been a drape too. If you've seen Johnny Depp and Crybaby, that's about the right idea. As John Waters was inspired to write and direct the movie by the Carolyn Wazaluski murder. I am going to perpetually butcher her last name due to my slight speech impediment, and I am so sorry about that, guys. You're going to want to listen up during this case because how could you not be curious about a 14-year-old gangster? I'm going to do my best to do Carolyn's case justice in just a moment. Despite me butchering her last name, I swear that I have my whole heart in this case. I you're going to see why I want justice. Before we get started, I just want to tell y'all about another awesome true crime podcast called Jin and Sin True Crime. Patty, Joe, and Emily cover cases from around the world. Not all of them you'll know beforehand, but they believe, just like I do, that every story deserves to be told. Jin and Sin uploads every Saturday, so don't forget to give them a listen, a like, and a subscribe. If you really like them, which I know you will, leave them a five-star review on Apple Podcast. But let's get a move on and see what today's case has in store for us. Grab your sleuth book and top off your coffee, because we're going to dive straight in, and I've only got one question for you. Can you help solve a cold case? Warning, the following audio contained adult content, mentions of murder, rape, and suicide. Listener discretion is advised. Carolyn Wazaluski was just like any other 14-year-old girl. She wanted to have fun and to act like a grown-up. At 14, I was rocking red lipstick, short skirts, and high heels to high school, but I still slept with my blinky and my favorite teddy bear. Growing up, sounds like the answer to everything when you're 14. You can do what you want, be who you want, and act like you want. Being an adult to a 14-year-old is everything. But sadly, like many kids who grew up too quickly, Carolyn would fall victim to violence. On November 9th, 1954, around 6.15 in the evening, Carolyn left her home. She was wearing a pink sweater, a black skirt with pink and blue arrowheads printed on it, a black corduroy jacket, a black scarf tied around her neck, and a green scarf covering her hair, which was in curlers at the time. Carolyn was walking to her friend Peggy Lamana's house, Peggy was 16 at the time, so that the two of them could sign up for dance lessons at the local elementary school. Carolyn never made it to Peggy's house, and when she didn't return home, her parents hit the street, searching everywhere for their daughter. Sadly, they would never see their daughter alive again. At 7 a.m. on November 10th, 
A train engineer spotted what he thought was a mannequin lying across the train tracks. And like with the rest of our cases, it was definitely not a mannequin. It was a stroke of luck, however, that the engineer found the body when he did, as just 15 minutes later, the morning express train was due to pass and would have destroyed all the evidence and the body. The passenger train that was diverted was actually carrying Bill Stump, who wrote for the Sunday Sun magazine and who would later write about the crime. Carolyn was discovered partially nude, her shoes and skirt missing. Her body was covered in scratches and bruises. One of her fingers was also broken, showing how hard she fought her attacker. Carolyn fought for her life like a tiger, and I can't help feeling some sort of way about that. I'm proud that she fought her attacker, but I'm also just so sad that at 14 years old that she had to. However, something important to note in your sleuth book is that on the inside of her right thigh, someone wrote, Paul in lipstick. The medical examiner found no evidence of sexual assault, which is something to write down in your sleuth book as well. And her time of death was placed at 11 p.m. the night before. The last train to pass that area had passed at 9.30 p.m. the night before as well. It was also determined that Carolyn had not been killed on site, but instead had been either thrown from the bridge above the tracks or dragged down an embankment to the tracks. The cause of death was a fracture to the skull. Police interviewed over 300 people regarding Carolyn's murder, several of which were other drapes or other teenage gangsters. I found a news article from the Baltimore Sun released on November 13, 1954. The article talks about a fellow draped nicknamed Lefty. Another article from November 28, 1954 was about a 22-year-old East Baltimore drape known as Rocky, who was taken into questioning because he was friendly with and supposedly had a date with Carolyn that night. The police said, quote, We regard him as somebody to be questioned, not as a suspect, end quote, which I've got some questions about that. How is a 14-year-old having a date with a 22-year-old not suspicious? Or how about the fact that Carolyn went out with her curlers still in her hair and not all dolled up for a date? I guess it's possible that after signing up for the dance with Peggy that Carolyn could have gotten done up and gone out with Rocky. But again, just the thought of a 14-year-old and a 22-year-old gives me the heebie-jeebies. It's possible that Rocky didn't know how old Carolyn was, though, as it is said that Carolyn was often mistaken for being in her late 20s to early 30s at the time, which, again, not sure how that happens, but look at the thumbnail for this episode. That is a picture of Carolyn, and I mean, hey, I don't think she looks 20 to 30, do you? Carolyn's bloody clothing and personal items were found abandoned in a vacant lot close to her home, but eight miles from where her body was found. So it's possible that Rocky, or maybe one of her older draped friends, such as Lefty, passed Carolyn, offered her a ride to Peggy's house, and made an unwanted advance on her and ended up killing her when he, when he was rejected. It's just a thought. Let me know what you think. But it wasn't a draped car 
that some people reported seeing Carolyn riding in the night of her death, but that of Ralph Garrett. Garrett was a 45-year-old married man. He was also a rapist. Not long before her death, about a week before, Carolyn had testified that Garrett had raped one of her friends. When I looked it up, it said that she was a a, a witness in a carnal knowledge case, which was pretty much just a euphemism for a rape case because, you know, they didn't want to call it what it was back then. Garrett was, of course, interviewed by police as a person of interest, and they received reports from a local bartender that he had come into her bar, ordered a water and cigarettes, while acting suspiciously on the night that Carolyn was murdered. However, two days later, Garrett hung himself with a belt, catty corner, to where Carolyn's bloody clothes had been found. Garrett's wife claimed that he had taken his life over a bout of annual depression he felt on the anniversary of his mother's death, and the police ruled that it was simply a coincidence of timing and that Garrett had nothing to do with Carolyn's murder. Which, I I do think it's suspicious that Garrett was seen with Carolyn the night of her death, but eyewitness testimonies are notoriously unreliable and inaccurate, so it's 100% possible that they never crossed paths that night, as police found no blood or other evidence in his car, and since she was killed at a different location and then the train tracks were just a dump site, probably to try to get rid of evidence, it's unlikely that it was him unless he was using a different car, but Again, it is super suspicious that he hung himself in a lot catty corner to the lot where Carolyn's bloody clothes were found. Like, I doubt that just happened by accident. Maybe he felt guilty. Maybe he asked somebody to kill her. But we might never know. Now, I went down a bit of a rabbit hole on this case and made my own theory. Which is why I had you write those clues down in your sleuth book. So, since no sexual assault in a man's name was written on her thigh and lipstick, could Carolyn have been murdered by a girl or a woman? I'm sure the police cleared every poll they could find in the Baltimore area, making sure that they had an alibi, but hear me out. Could one of those men or boys have had a jealous girlfriend? Um, or an overprotective sister, or something like that? Could Carolyn, who, as we've noted, attracted older men, as gross as it is to think about, and hung out with a group that was committing crimes, despite most of them being petty, could she have fallen victim to someone who she thought as a friend, or someone who she didn't think was a threat? I feel like I have to clarify, but I am in no way blaming Carolyn for her death. It doesn't matter who you hang out with, how you dress, or the attract attention you attract. You do not deserve to be murdered. Like, in no way is this her fault. I don't care if she stood out on the side of the road with a sign that said, murder me. You do not, you're never really asking to be murdered. And you can't consent to it either, which is a whole different 
issue and I don't even know why I'm going down that separate rabbit hole just like call me Alice um (laughs) okay getting back on track most female serial killers not serial killers just killers do not have a sexual aspect to their crimes and the fact that Carolyn was found partially nude but not violated speaks to the asexual nature of the murder Additionally, the killer removed her skirt to write Paul in lipstick on Carolyn's thigh. I couldn't find anything on whether it was Carolyn's own lipstick or even her shade of lipstick because that is very important. Because if it wasn't, that would further prove the point to having a female killer who used their own lipstick to write the name Paul on her thigh because DNA wasn't a thing back then. Like, DNA wasn't a thing that was thought of. So, I have... A sneaking suspicion that we don't even have a sample of the lipstick that was used to write the name in evidence somewhere that we could like now test just another thing that makes me upset is just the lack of evidence that some of these older cases have just because science wasn't advanced back then and Like, that's not the detective's fault that they didn't, like, swab everything because, you know, this mystical science is going to come up with DNA. Like, that's not their fault, but, like, still. You you just gotta be a little irritated. But, as always, I want to know what you think. This is the end of our case. But do you think that it was Garrett who killed Carolyn Wazolinski? What do you think about my female killer idea? Do you perhaps think it was someone random or another drape that killed her? Let me know by DMing me at study on Instagram or by emailing me at coldcasestudy at gmail.com. If you have any information on Carolyn's case, please contact Baltimore Homicide by texting 443-902-4825. Let me say it again. Please text 443-902-4824 or email homicidetips at baltimorepolice.org. Again, that is homicidetips at baltimorepolice.org. Carolyn deserves justice. Even now, 66 years later. She could have been alive today, if not for whoever took her life. Carolyn would have been 80 years old. She would have been around my grandparents' age. (laughs) You know, she would have lived a long and fulfilling life, possibly having kids, grandkids, and even great-grandkids by now. It's just sad to think of all the opportunities that were taken away from her that night. The case notes and resources will be posted on my Instagram at coldcasestudy where I also have my handmade necklaces and murder victim awareness bracelets available for purchase. Don't forget to give the girls at Jen and Sin a listen as well as leave us both a five-star review on Apple Podcasts so that more amazing people like you can find our shows and help these victims find justice. 
Keep your sleuth book handy, and I'll see you next Friday for another cold case. If you have a case that you'd like to request, please either email me or fill out my request form on my website, the link to which is in my Instagram bio. This has been Episode 7, Carolyn Wazelinski. Thank you so much for listening. I love you guys so much, and I thank you for all your support. Bye! Big shoutouts this week to all of my faithful supporters and to my friends who have to listen to me rant about unsolved cases. And that big crash was Houdini because he cannot stand me doing anything in silence. Um, also, if you are not registered to vote, please go to studentvote.org or vote.org and register. If you need help registering or requesting a mail-in ballot, just let me know. Hit me up on Instagram, Facebook, email, whatever. It's part of my internship, so I've got resources out the wazoo to help you vote safely and well-informed. Again, thank you so much for listening to Episode 7, Carolyn Wazelinski. I'll see you sleuths next week. Love you!